the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Democrats just don't get it. Yeah, they had their debate today on the House floor. It's still going on, believe it or not. And they gave President Trump millions of dollars worth of advertising. Still are. I think the regular, the major networks actually carried it all day. Uh, it's all looking like one big campaign ad for Trump. Uh, Gallup came out with some numbers today. Looks like the more Adam Schiff shows his punchable face on television, the more people like Donald Trump, according to Gallup, uh, they like him more. And uh, his approval ratings have gone up six points since the inquiry began, the, uh, the impeachment inquiry. It's at 45 percent. That's up from 39 since the inquiry began a couple of months ago. So it's the third consecutive increase. He has support from 89 percent of Republicans and only 8 percent of Democrats. I'd like to talk to those 8 percent. Anyway, 51 percent of the people who answered the poll say they oppose impeachment and they oppose removing him from office. Now, that's up five points since Nancy Pelosi started the charade. So five percent fewer want him to be impeached. Uh, and that's uh, going back to when this whole thing started. Forty six percent want to see him impeached. But that's a drop of six points. So it goes down six points for the people who were at one point interested in seeing him in peace, but don't want to see it anymore. It ain't working. Uh, and the Democrats are working on a landslide, by the way. Not for them. And they're going to be at the wrong end of it. There's a uh, rumor out there that the Democrats actually have a debate planned for tomorrow night. Uh, so I I wouldn't want to be uh, an advertiser there. <laughs> not about the ratings they're going to get for that thing. But uh, keep in mind that this is a survey, the one that I mentioned about from Gallup, it's a survey of 1,025 American adults. Uh, that's not likely voters, which is what Rasmussen does. They do uh, the most reliable polls, and they use only likely voters. And way back in October, they had a poll that showed people were getting bored with impeachment. And also, likely voters back then had Trump's approval rating at 48%. And that's compared to 44% for Obama at the same point in his presidency. And I'm, I'm pretty sure Obama won. Uh, in that same poll back then, Rasmussen found that people are angry. Um, Democrats are angry with the Republicans and vice versa. No surprise there. But you know who they were the most angry with? The media. 61% of the people have had enough of the media. And that was a month and a half or so ago. Um, I don't think they're going to be any happier with the media based on what's happened since then. So how's Donald Trump dealing with this? Oh, we know how he's dealing with it publicly, but how about behind the scenes? Well, when we come back, maybe we're going to find out. We can, we're going to talk to a guy who should have some pretty good insight into that. His name is Doug Weed, and he's written a book called Inside Trump's White House, The Real Story of His Presidency. He had a ton of access and has lots of stuff to tell, and we will talk to him when we come back. Stick around. in a very successful, affluent society for many people, yet it's also true that there are people that are being left out of that. And how do we reach those people? Joel Gilliam, Executive Director at Light of Life Rescue Mission on Pittsburgh's North Side. So part of what Light of Life does is that we help them in our education and employment program to connect with workforce development, to look at the skill gap that exists. And so we're partnering with places like the community college. We're taking our clients, once they are clean and and they are ready to move on, now they can actually get credentialed in an area where they can be hired to work with uh, UPMC or Google or, or Amazon or these other places. And so it provides an on-ramp for those who are left out to get back involved in society. 
Help someone else find their comeback story. To become a monthly partner or make a one-time gift, visit lightoflife.org slash give today. lightoflife.org slash give. Oh, excuse me, I have to get this text. It's my son. He texts H-Y-D. That means, how's your day? G-R-A-T-P-F-Y. That means I'm great and praying for him. We used to be really close when he was in high school. After that, not so much. Until I learned to text. I-L-Y means I love you. Conversation. Make the effort and keep your family close. For communication tips, visit Facebook.com slash Make Every Day Count. Good morning, America. Or is it? If you're one of the millions of Americans who did not sleep well last night, it's probably a pretty average morning. But listen up, you sleep-deprived people. There's good news. A breakthrough sleep solution called Pronto Sleep. And when we say pronto, we mean pronto. Pronto Sleep gently opens your nose to focus breathing and help you relax and fall asleep. And the built-in scent diffuser delivers a blend of four pure essential oils to help you stay asleep naturally. And then Pronto replenishes the oils ready for the next night. Too easy, eh? And in trials, 84% of people with trouble sleeping found Pronto helped them fall asleep and 74% found it helped them stay asleep. So make every morning a... Good morning, America. With Pronto Sleep, available now at select Walgreens, Amazon or at prontosleep.com. Pronto Sleep from RhinoMed, bringing you advanced nasal therapies. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention Stag for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Sagerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, the Democrats embarrassed themselves again today, and they're still doing it, actually, with an unwatchable debate on the two articles of impeachment. As predictable as everybody predicted it would be, uh, no new ground broken. Uh, Coming up uh, in our second half hour, we'll talk to an expert about what it means going forward. But right now, I want to talk uh, talk to somebody who should be able to give us a really good idea of how Donald Trump is dealing with this, not publicly, I think everybody knows that, but privately. Doug Weed is a New York Times best-selling author. He's written a book called Inside Trump's White House, The Real Story of His Presidency, and he joins us now. Doug, thanks for being here. Hey, thank you for having me. So uh, your book covers everything, uh, beginning with election night. I'm just wondering, you know, you spent a lot of time around this guy, and uh, for the purposes of writing the book, how do you think President Trump is, is handling this stuff today, just right now? And I mean privately, not we know how he handles things publicly, a lot of it with Twitter. Well, he's pretty resilient, you know, uh, very resilient for most people. But this is, this is not easy. Uh, Andrew Johnson had two children who worked with him in the White House, Martha and Robert. 
Robert took his own life. Uh, Martha was pretty heroic, uh, stuck with her father through the whole impeachment process. But it can be quite brutal. I think Donald Trump's as good as anybody I can imagine being in that spot. But uh, it's not easy. Yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, we uh, not just with Donald Trump, but with anybody uh, in who's as visible and as uh, covered as a president is, and not too many people get the kind of attention that a president gets. I'm just wondering, you know, what you can tell us about his demeanor and, and you know, what he might say privately that that people wouldn't hear. Uh, you know, is he is he throwing things in the uh, in the Oval Office as he's watching this on TV? Is he laughing about it? Is he angry? What do you think he's doing? Well, he has a great sense of humor. There's no question about that. And he subscribes to Sun Tzu's uh, axiom that out of chaos comes opportunity. That's how he rebuilt NATO. He blew it up, and then he rebuilt it and raised $100 billion. I guarantee you the next president of the United States is not going to refund that money <laughs> to <laughs> Germany and all those countries. And he did the same with NAFTA. He blew it up, and then he rebuilt it better than ever. So he, he worked so, it took him so long to become president for years. Ivanka and uh, Don Jr. and Eric played around his desk as children, and he'd be clipping the New York Times and filing away like a nerd. You know, why doesn't the president do this? Why doesn't he do that? It is so upset with how things were run, always hoping somebody would become president and clean it up. So now it's him. So he's uh, he's going to do the fight. He's there for a reason. He knew it'd be a fight. He told his kids. Yeah. So how do you how do you think or when do you think uh, you know how far back? I guess is what I'm asking. How far back did he imagine himself being president? And maybe there's degrees into how much he really thought it was, as far as how how much he thought it was possible, but. What, did he always have in the back of his mind that he was going to take a shot at it? Uh, off and on. Uh, Tiffany told me, I interviewed Tiffany Trump. She said, you know, uh, we grew up with it as a possibility. And so it went on for a long time. In 2012, he came very, very close. He had his good friend, Paula White. He told her to start praying and tell me, should I run for president or not? So he was... Uh, he was toying around with the idea, but he kept hoping somebody else would do it. He was very disturbed first about what was happening with China, Japan and then with China and trade and multinational companies and monopolies and how the middle class was getting screwed. It was just, just deeply troubling to him. Yeah, uh, and in a description of your book, it says that the readers will find out that he never complains and never explains. Can you explain what that means? <laughs> yeah, that's an axiom that comes from Disraeli, the great uh, prime minister of England, who, who once made that statement. That's Donald Trump. That's a great strength of his, but I think it's a great weakness, too. He, he just, if, uh, if you don't get it, he moves right on. So the media kind of takes advantage of that sometimes. They'll say, oh, he lied. Look, he said this, and this happened lie if he would take the time to explain he said no i i said that before and now i'm saying this after and this is what happened but he won't explain he just goes right on we're talking to doug weed he's the author of a book called inside trump's white house the real story of his presidency um what's the one thing that you found out about him that everybody and his supporters and the people who hate him might be surprised to hear about him i maybe there's more than well, one he, thing but can you think of one yeah, there's so many, uh, but he's a good listener. He's uh, philosophical about things. When he was losing on election night, about 5 p.m., they came to him and said, you know, we're going to lose, and we need to get a statement to the people that are going to be waiting at the Hilton, and what are you going to do? He said, I'm just going to go downstairs, walk out on Fifth Avenue, and I'm going to tell the press uh, I'm a patriot. I tried my best. And then I'm going to get on a plane tomorrow and fly to Ireland and play a game of golf. <laughs> so. it's, it's good to be a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> and so he, that's one of the things that he had going for him, though, is that um, he wasn't expected to win. And um, there, 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 there would not, you would not think there was going to be a great deal of disappointment because 
it was it was it seemed to be a foregone conclusion right up to election day that he just wasn't going to be president. Well, he he it was off and on times where he uh, Brad Parscale would crunch the numbers and say, "No, sir, you are going to win. You're going to win." And then three days out, Hillary Clinton canceled her fireworks plans of display in the harbor. That let him know it was getting closer. And and then finally, on election night. Brad came to him and said, sir, I'm doing these preliminary polls, and there are people who are voting that have never voted before, and they're not showing up on ABC's numbers, and you're going to win. He said, Brad, you may be right, you may be wrong, but it'll be okay. Either way, it'll be okay. And then at about midnight, uh, he was upstairs in his private apartments and looking at a little TV in the kitchen. And he realized he was going to win, and and Ivanka was saying, "Come on, Dad, we got to go." And he was just <laughs> transfixed. He was looking at these women and these young girls weeping at Javits Center. He said, "Look at this! Imagine how they feel. They thought she was going to win." So he knew how they felt because that's the way he felt just a few hours before, like somebody kicked him in the stomach, and uh, he 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 had that empathetic response to them. Was there ever a point, uh, do you think, where he smacked himself in the forehead after he did win? I said, oh, my God, what, what have I done? Well, I, I, never, I didn't think I was going to win, and I thought it would be fun to try, but here I'm president. <laughs> he had so much that he wanted to do, so many things that he thought were wrong with government, so many ideas that he wanted to try. When you read my book, you read about his first day in the Oval Office. He wanted to do everything. He wanted to destroy ISIS in 24 hours. He wanted to bring back the hostages that had been languishing overseas for about 16 years by two presidents. He wanted to get jobs. So, no, he didn't hesitate. There was so much he wanted to do. Uh, moving the embassy to Jerusalem. He just wanted to do it all. Wow. Um, I'm just, it, it's, it's um, amazing when you think about it that that he came in there with no political experience. And I, I, I have this theory about him, and I want to run it by you, it, it, that, that, and it's not like I'm the first one to think of this, but I just think it's, for example, something like NATO. You know, you have people in Washington who have been looking at NATO for since the 40s, and, you know, they, they know what it is, and they deal with it, and uh, some countries pay and some don't. And I just have the, always get the feeling that when when he came in, he didn't come in as a politician. He came in as a businessman, and he, pro- he probably didn't know anything about NATO until he had to find out because he was going to be president or might be president. But when they when they come to him and they show him, What's going on with NATO? And he says, well, wait a minute. I'm looking at this country and that. They're not paying. Why are we in the, what? This isn't how things work. They said they were going to pay. Why aren't they paying? And he did, so I don't think politicians look at it that way. He looked at it like, wait a minute. The, the deal is they made a deal and you got to live up to it. Yeah. And the generals, they came in and lectured him like he was a little boy. These are our friends, sir, our friends. He said, "He said, well, if they're our friends, why are they lying to us? Yeah. Why do they have our, our middle class build high-speed railways for them in Germany? And and why are they building, we building airports for Central Europe for these people? You know, while our own middle class are descending into poverty. Explain that. So, but the end result is he raises $100 billion for NATO. It's stronger than it's ever been. The head of NATO loves him. But he had to blow it up to fix it, and he did the same with NAFTA. Same thing. But that's that's what he would do if he went in, as you said, uh, chaos. If he went in and looked at a business uh, uh, venture that he was going to get involved in, or so, uh, uh, something that he was going to buy, and he, the first thing he would do is he would say, "We're not doing this anymore." Who who, who was he said that about presidents? <laughs> He said that about previous presidents. He said they were stupid, you know, and nobody would do nobody before. Nobody did that before. But he was right. (laughs) That was right. The conservatives got mad at him because he busted NAFTA. And I asked him about that, the Free Trade Association. He said, do you know how long NAFTA is? NAFTA is 17,000 pages long. Um. The Bible is 1,000 pages. <laughs> NAFTA is 17,000 pages. Don't tell me it takes that long to write the word free trade. So he, he saw it as crony capitalism and filled with corruption, and he blew it up, and he rebuilt it. And the Mexicans like it better. The Canadians like it better. And it's better for the Americans. 
We're talking to Doug Weed. He's the author of a book called Inside Trump's White House, The Real Story of His Presidency. Make a really good Christmas gift, I think. This, uh, you got some good stuff there, Doug. Um, I'm just wondering, too, um, I, I, without getting into the into the weeds, uh, as to use an expression, um, uh, if uh, the, with, with what's going on in Ukraine and what's going on today, whether you know with the uh, with the charade that's going on with impeachment, um, what you have seen about what they said happened in Ukraine and what Donald Trump says happened. Knowing what you do about uh, uh, how he speaks to people and how he works uh, deals with people, what do you think happened in Ukraine? What do you think that conversation was about that I'm so sick of hearing about I could puke? I think it's just uh, ridiculous. I mean, countries, that's what countries, why they have ambassadors. That's why they have embassies. They try to influence elections. They called Thomas Jefferson a, a spy of the of the French. And John Adams was supposed to be a, a spy of the British. It, the, this Russian collusion thing, that's probably uh, inoculated Donald Trump historically uh, for this impeachment, because uh, historians are going to come back and look at this and say, wait a minute, this guy was a Russian spy? Yeah. I mean, that's big. That's as big as landing man on the moon. That's as big as Christopher Columbus's voyage. And, of course, it's absurd and ridiculous. And it ends up ruining everything that follows it. So, you know, they probably would have been smarter to wait, <laughs> get something good, instead of just go with the first thing they made up. Well, you've been around Washington a long time. You've written other books. Uh, you've dealt with other presidents. Um, and I'm just wondering um, if, if what, what the the attitude that the people who are already in Washington, and many of them have been there way too long, including people who are still there, um, the way they reacted to to an outsider coming in. I mean, he started by just destroying, what, 16 or 17 Republicans, whatever it was, in the primary, and when nobody gave him a chance there, and then nobody gave him a chance against, against Hillary Clinton. How much of what he's going through now is just simple resentment uh, uh, for him because he's not one of them? And I'm talking about both Republicans and Democrats. Yeah, a lot of people are saying that, uh, what you just said, that the, the establishment is wanting to send him a message and send others a message. Don't ever try to do this again without our permission, without our pr approval. So that may be a signal sent. But another one is the monopolies. The name of the game is and always has been monopoly. And these companies, especially after the 1964 election, when they knew the Democrats in advance, they knew they'd win, they made their peace with special interest groups, and they favored regulations. The big companies favored regulations because it kept you out. You couldn't compete with them and start your own business. So they had these big monopolies, and then there'd be a recession, Democrat, Republican, didn't matter who was president. Under the recession, they would have pass a stimulus bill, and the stimulus bill would exempt that big company from regulations. They, they'd go say, what do we need to do to get more jobs? Well, you need to ease up on these environmental laws. Okay, we'll do that. So they used the regulations to keep you out, and then they let them defy the regulations and make money off their monopoly. And, of course, they're multinational companies, and they deal with China, and they get money from the Fed, and they use the import-export bank, and it's called crony capitalism, and it's shut out the small businessmen. And Donald Trump has busted all of that wide open, and they hate him. They own the television networks. They're the biggest sponsors on the television networks. They're big companies. They're used to having monopolies. They're used to having their deals with China, and Donald Trump is breaking the dishes and messing everything up. Wow, I'm out of time, uh, Doug. I'm up against a hard break. I have less than 30 <laughs> seconds. No, that's okay. I really appreciate you being here. I'd like to have you on again. You the, Get some great insight from you on this guy. Uh, but thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you much for having me. Okay, the book is Inside Trump's White House, The Real Story of His Presidency. Get it for Christmas. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Debate over the impeachment of President Trump continues in the House at this hour, with the arguments falling along party lines. 
House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says President Trump's actions leave them no choice but to impeach. Our founders' vision of a republic is under threat from actions from the White House. That is why today, as Speaker of the House, I solemnly and sadly open the debate on the impeachment of the President of the United States. While ranking Republican House Judiciary Committee member Doug Collins says facts don't support the charge. This is an impeachment based on presumption. This is an impeachment, basically also a poll-tested impeachment on what actually sells to the American people. Today's going to be a lot of things. What it is not is fair. What it is not is about the truth. The House is expected to pass the two articles of impeachment, sending it to the Senate for trial. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 27. This is SRN News. Sebastian Gorka here. Maybe you've been hearing about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that helps a person's body deal with inflammation and pain. You've heard all the wonderful testimonials. Well, I have my own testimonial. For many years, my lower back pain was becoming a serious problem. The short story is... I finally gave it a try, and now I'm out of pain too. So if you're in pain, you can order the three-week quick start for just $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com. On December 25th, convicted an innocent man, Michael B. Jordan. Your life is still meaningful, and I'm going to do everything possible to keep them from taking it. Academy Award winner Jamie Foxx. You don't know what it is down here when you're guilty from the moment you're born. And Academy Award winner Brie Larson. I don't want my son growing up knowing that his mom stopped doing what was right just because she was scared of him. You ain't quitting, is you? No, sir. Just Mercy. Hated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Select feeders December 25th. Everywhere January 10th. Directed by Destin Daniel Cretton. Dennis Prager wants the truth to be written in the history books. I don't know who will write history 50 years from now because generally history is written by the victors. But if history is written with any objectivity, the assault on the foundations of this country by the left will be the dominant theme of a history of post-World War II America and 21st century America. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at noon, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 1250. The Answer. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Hey, Pittsburgh, this is Tunch Elkin for my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet. Now through the end of the year, the Chevy employee discount is for everyone. So right now you can lease a new 2020 Chevy Trax LS for as low as $119 per month. This is a 36-month, 30,000-mile lease with $2,999 plus tax and registration due at signing. Must qualify with a current lease and approved credit. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. Make this holiday sparkle with a gift from LS Jewelers, one of the only area jewelers to offer certified lab-grown diamonds. Just as brilliant and pure as mined diamonds, you won't be able to spot the difference because lab-grown diamonds are 100% real for about 30% less. And since there's no mine, the most economical choice is also the most ethical. See, a diamond doesn't have to cost the world. LS Jewelers, Robinson Town Center across from Ikea at lsjewelers.com. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Accident in Baldwin, Brownsville Road at Curry Hollow Road. Crash also in Westview Highland Avenue near Lehigh Avenue. Heavy delays on the Parkway East outbound Boulevard. The Allies to Edgewood, Swissdale. Volume on the inbound side. Outbound Parkway West jamming up Sawmill Run Boulevard to Carnegie. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Tonight, breezy during the evening, then clearing skies. Quite cold, frostbite to expose skin within 15 minutes with a low of 13. Periods of sunshine and clouds for tomorrow with a high 29. 
Tomorrow night, clear with a low of 20. Intervals of sun and clouds on Friday with a high 38. On Saturday, mainly cloudy with a high of 43. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, if you were able to watch more than a minute and a half of the debate, as they call it, on the House floor today, congratulations. Same old stuff, delivered by the same old people on both sides. We all know how it's going to end, but what's it going to mean going forward? Tom Jipping is the Senior Legal Fellow for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation. He joins us now. Thanks for being here, Tom. Thanks for having me. So I've had, I, 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 I don't know, I, you know I, I do a talk show, and I, sh- I know that it's my duty to be informed and watch this stuff, but I, I have to tell you, I can't look at it. I, I, I mean, I, I turn it on, and I watch, and I hear the same things. I, I can't stand to hear another word about the phone call. To the, I, I can't, I mean, there's just, is any new ground being broken? Has any new ground been broken in the last, I don't know, pick a number, a month? No, in fact, uh, the, the debate that went on for, I guess, about 13 hours in the uh, House Judiciary Committee about the articles. Uh, I listened to a, a lot of that during the day. That was last week. Um, repeated the same, you know, few points. And the House floor debate on those articles today, which began this afternoon, um, <clears throat> makes the same few points. It, it's not a complicated case that Democrats have been trying to put together. Uh, the the problem for them is that no matter how many times you say something, that doesn't make it true. So the question is whether there's real evidence for what they're trying to impeach him for, and I really don't think there is. So so how is what happens uh, what happened in the House of Representatives today uh, different from what happened with Bill Clinton and Andrew Johnson? Um, well, it's actually the same. Uh, both, both President Johnson in the 19th century, President Clinton in the 20th, and now President Trump um, uh, have been are impeached by the House of Representatives. And frankly, I think the same result for all is going to happen in the Senate as happened for Johnson and Clinton as well. And that is that, that President Trump will be acquitted. So I guess what I meant was um, the the validity of the exercise. Now oh. compared to those two, is it the same? Well, it's it, it's it's hard to assess that. I mean, e- each situation is very different in terms of the political circumstances, the specific issues that are alleged. I think there's there is probably rightly some criticism of the impeachment of President Clinton for being uh, a little bit too partisan. Um, this certainly is that the procedure that Democrats use today is very different than in past impeachments. It was much more tilted in favor of uh, Democrats rather than a a balanced, more objective approach. Uh, And uh, I think the the final result reflects that. So, uh, you know, thankfully, this is only the third impeachment of a president we've had. This this part of our Constitution isn't used very much. I'm just afraid that... um, being misused the way it has been in this situation uh, will really damage our structure of government. It would seem to me that there's a, a credibility as an issue, too, because I wasn't around for Andrew Johnson, uh, but I was around for Bill Clinton. And, um, you know, the the opposing party, uh, I don't think in Johnson's case, and I know it didn't in Bill Clinton's case, didn't start talking about impeachment the day that he was elected. Uh, and that that, nope. that that that's to me that was a big mistake because if they felt that they should have kept it quiet because it it, it destroys their credibility even if they did have a legitimate case right now. I, I think that's a very good observation, and one of the reasons I'm concerned about the damage this can do to our structure of government is exactly that that impeachment, uh, at least right now, is it's it's being weaponized to be just as a political you know, tool to, to go after your opponents. Democrats have been trying to uh, impeach the president for almost three years. And frankly, um, as a tactical matter, if Democrats hadn't been on its drumbeat all of this time, more people might be paying attention to what they're trying to do now. I think half the country probably asks, well, didn't the Democrats impeach him like last year or something? Um, 
they know that the Democrats have been trying every way they can to attack the president. So it really trivializes and belittles what is an important part of our Constitution, uh, and I think it's being misused today. And what happened to bribery, quid pro quo, extortion? Uh, you know, those sound like uh, impeachable offenses, but you don't hear those anymore. No, no. I mean, well, of course, quid pro quo is nothing other than exchanging one thing right. for another. That's what right. I did when I got gas this morning. Right. Um, and the other terms, which, frankly, Democrats settled on for a bit because they did some focus groups and it sounded, you know, more ominous. But the definition of bribery and extortion and a shakedown scheme and all of that doesn't fit these facts. And you'll find none of that in the two articles of impeachment. They settled on uh, soliciting foreign interference in next year's election. And that is the single most important fact in the, the impeachment. And it's also the single fact that has the least amount of evidence. Yeah, the, there, uh, I mean, you, you would think that some actual evidence would be required they've gone through this whole process without uh, with a lot of hearsay and a lot of um, expert opinion but no real evidence there was plenty of evidence for uh, about bill clinton he was right there lying uh, and got caught perjuring himself that that is true uh, I, i'm not so much concerned about the the, the hearsay issue uh, as i am just the read the articles themselves they state specifically the very first sentence of the first impeachment article is that trump solicited foreign interference in next year's election that's what they say transforms you know conducting foreign policy interacting with ukraine from something innocent to something impeachable that's the one thing they, they refer to a, a corrupt purpose in the articles. That's the one thing that they've got to prove. It's like if a prosecutor charges someone with first-degree murder, he's got to prove not only that you killed someone, but that you did it with a specific intent. And the prosecutor has to, has to prove those separately. That's what Democrats chose to do here. And that's what there's no evidence for. Yeah, so, but they're still pushing that. Uh, uh, is it, you know, can you, does it make sense to make a case uh, that you had ill intent j just by uh, saying it over and over again? <laughs> because. Well, that's all they have. Yeah. And in fact, during the judiciary, the House Judiciary Committee um, markup or consideration of the articles last week, one Democratic member from Pennsylvania, uh, she said, well, if it walks like a duck and it swims like a duck, it just might be a duck. I think that July 25 phone call was a duck. Well, yeah, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's not that's, exactly an impressive legal theory. No, it's brilliant. But that, yeah. that's, that suggests that that's all they've got. There's no actual evidence that that's why President Trump did this, did these things with Ukraine. So they kind of wink and nod and they say, well, it sounds like something he would do or, you know, uh, I'm sure that's, that's why he did it. it. It walks like a duck, you know. Yeah. None of that is evidence, and that's the problem they have. We're talking to Tom Jipping. He's senior legal fellow uh, and deputy director of the Edwin, Edwin Meese Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation. Tom, you've been around Washington for a long time, um, and uh, you worked uh, with uh, on the staff, Orrin, Orrin Hatch's staff. He was in, in the Senate for a long, long time. Uh, and I'm just wondering... Um, what? How much of this, just based on what you've seen from the outside now, how much of this is just purely based on the fact that an outsider came in who they just think has no right to be in this club? And, and the Republicans kind of felt that way before he beat them in the primaries. How much of that is just lingering from all that? That this guy, you can't, this guy can't come in here and tell us what to do. We're in Washington, D.C. He doesn't know what goes on here. I think that's a, a that's probably a big part of it, and it and it's it's what ratchets up these kind of intensity and the rage that Democrats have had since the 2016 election. It, I, I think it was uh, profoundly poor judgment for them to jump in into this impeachment lane right at the beginning. They they should have pursued other ways of. Uh, resisting the president in, in things that he's doing, his policies and that. 
the House could pass a resolution on any day of the week condemning the president for anything that they want. And if you remember, Nancy Pelosi resisted uh, jumping into impeachment at the beginning, and I think this is why. Instead, you know, it's like their head is spinning around and they just have lost their mind, so they've taken reckless steps like you trying to use impeachment to attack the president when it's really not intended for that, and that's why we are where we're at today. And what is the, the precedent that's been set by all this? Uh, going forward, well, I mean, impeachment's been trivialized? There's two ways to look at that, I think. Um, one, one is, frankly, uh, the, you know, the, the precedent that's being set here is that the, the, the really grave uh, matter of impeachment, which is provided in the Constitution, but which short-circuits the electoral process, that you know, is, is, has been now been used for less than legitimate reasons, and, and I suppose uh, could be again in the future, although you don't necessarily need a precedent to do that sort of thing. Uh, the other way to look at it, I think, is, you know, President Trump is an unconventional president. He does things in unpredictable ways. As you were referring to, you know, he does things that, that kind of shake up the way it's been done forever in Washington, and perhaps you know, that it, the use of impeachment or misuse of impeachment has had a lot to do with kind of the unique president that Donald Trump is, in which case it might not be uh, kind of a open door in the future to, to use impeachment to go after a president. I don't know. Time will tell. Uh, but what's being done today, I really do think, is a, is a misuse of this part of our Constitution um, I kind of grind my teeth every time I hear some of these Democrats quoting the founding fathers and suddenly uh, saying how much they love the Constitution when the rest of the time they think it's written in disappearing ink. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens, but what's going on today, uh, I think, is a, is a charade, and I'm, and I'm quite sure that the Senate will acquit the president, and he'll use that acquittal in his reelection campaign, no doubt. Yeah, and, and so how much time and effort uh, should the Senate put into a trial? Well, they have, they have the same choice to make that House Democrats did. Uh, they had to choose whether to go broad and, you know, cover the waterfront and a whole list of issues or to go narrow, which is what they chose to do and just focus on Ukraine. I think Republicans in the Senate will do the same. There's some suggestion that they could you know, you call all sorts of witnesses. And I think yesterday morning, Senate Majority Leader McConnell's floor speech, which was I, which I thought was brilliant, uh, put the kibosh on that and said, look, it's not the Senate's job to mop up after the House's sloppy impeachment or to finish investigating what they didn't get around to or something. The Senate's going to conduct an impeachment trial. I think it's going to be an efficient uh, proceeding focused on the impeachment as the house is delivering it and i think they'll acquit the president and then maybe we can move on to more important things i've heard that mentioned uh, the possibility of just dismissing the charges you know showing up on uh, monday at nine in the morning and saying you know okay thanks for coming that's it banging the gavel and saying i'll see you see you next time no that that's really not an option the senate has a specific set of impeachment trial rules which do prescribe that a trial take place. Uh, th there may be during the trial, uh, perhaps after the House presents its case, as sometimes happens in a criminal trial, a motion to dismiss. There was during the Clinton impeachment, uh, which was defeated. Um, and so that may happen, but it won't happen at the beginning. The, 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 the trial will begin, and it will be a legitimate trial, um, and the Senate will decide along the way uh, issues like that one and, and other issues involving evidence and witnesses. We're talking to Tom Jipping, Senior Fellow for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation. I only got a couple minutes left here, uh, Tom, and I, I, I'm just, well, as I was thinking about this today, I, for some reason I started thinking about Brett Kavanaugh. And if you combine these two things, it's hard to believe that it was a little over, I think it's only a year ago that, uh, that Brett Kavanaugh was finally cleared. Um, uh, what 
when 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 history looks back at this group of Democrats and you combine those two things, that sure will look like uh, to me like a party in desperation, uh, a party that's desperate to hold on to power and will do anything. I, I I really hadn't looked at it that way, but as you're describing that, I think that's a great point, uh, and that is what the theme that kind of runs through both of those situations is. You know, the ends justify the means. This is all about power. And i got to say, the principles underlying the founding of this country uh, are profoundly different than that. There are countries all over the world that operate that way, where power is everything and all that. I wouldn't want to live in any of those countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it, it, is a, it is a very ominous thing. I hope people do pay attention to that connection, and they do pay attention to the the shift in the underlying foundations of our system of government, because that system has provided us with liberty unmatched in the history of the world, and it's not going to stay that way by itself. Yeah, I, I, I just I, I just looked at the uh, the extremes to which they went uh, against Brett Kavanaugh, and then compare that to this, and that's that's a desperate group out there. I, I appreciate you uh, taking the time, Tom. Always. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me. All right, that's Tom Jipping, uh, Senior Legal Fellow at the uh, Heritage Foundation for Judicial Studies. And we'll be right back. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention Stag for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Stagerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have five to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm John Steigerwald. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in the network. Isn't it time for a change? Well, stop the insanity and call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30%. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. Once upon a time, many years ago, customers would find your business with this big, thick book full of phone numbers and competitors' phone numbers. It was a heavy, cumbersome, yellowish-looking thing. I believe they called it a phone book. You'd place your ad in the book and hope customers would call. Hello? We've come a long way. Now, there's Salem Surround. We help deliver customers right to your front door with targeted digital marketing. These are the tools of the 21st century smart businesses use to succeed. And our team at Salem Surround can guide you through all the available options with the expertise to manage all your digital marketing under one roof so you can spend time taking care of your customers. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. With Salem Surround, there are no limitations on how and where where you can reach customers. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Do you want to get rid of your expensive landline, save money, but keep your important home telephone number? Then OurOldNumber.com has the perfect solution. OurOldNumber.com allows you to keep your home phone number and cancel that expensive landline connection. With OurOldNumber.com, calls from family and friends to your home phone number are answered by a personal greeting from you. The caller selects which family member they want to reach, and the call is immediately forwarded to that family member's cell phone. 
your important home phone number is still your number. It's still in directory assistance, and no matter where you happen to be, you'll never miss a call. There's no equipment to buy. There's nothing to install. There are no long-term contracts, and it's only $9.99 per month. Best of all, OurOldNumber.com eliminates those annoying sales calls. Now, your home telephone number can be as mobile as you and your family are with OurOldNumber.com. Visit OurOldNumber.com to learn more and get started today. OurOldNumber.com. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, let's finish with some stupidity. I like stupidity. Uh, this is... This is inevitable is what it is. This is coming from England, but, you know, a lot of this stuff starts over there, and it's wokeness. Uh, Whitehall Primary School in East London told students that the word Lord would be replaced in the in the uh, song um, uh, Way in a Manger with the words Little Baby, so as not to offend anyone. Now, um, just in case you've forgotten what the, what the lyrics are, Away in a manger, no crib for his bed. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. So um, at that school, in at the Whitehall Primary School, they are going to say, uh, Away at a manger, no crib for his bed. The little baby Jesus laid down his sweet head. Um, so, uh, in other words, it's just this baby. And we don't want to say that it's any kind of a religious thing because, you know, it's Christmas, and they're talking about the nativity, but you wouldn't want to mention that the whole thing is about the birth of the Son of God and tell the story the way it's actually supposed to be told, because after uh, how many, what, 2,000 years, people would be upset. And um, and so people, the, the parents, of course, are upset about it. The kids came home and told them they weren't allowed to say it, uh, say the sing the, the lyrics the way they're written. So um, I guess they just, uh, uh, you know, it says here that uh, from the school, the service maintains the traditional Christian message of the boy of Christmas in a way that can be celebrated by everyone, including those of other faiths. That's from the Diocese of Clemsford. So they're actually justifying it, religious people. There's no hope for humanity. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'll see you. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.